I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello there, it's Denise here. In our last two episodes, you'll have heard Louise and me in conversation with Carol Saller, where we've been exploring the ins and outs of blogging for editors and authors. This is the final part of that conversation, and we talk about making money from your blog, sales funnels, managing reader engagement, and deciding who to write for and when to stop. Over to you, Louise. (laughs) So let's, (laughs) talking about killer instincts, well, sort of, um, let's talk about money, or more specifically about monetization. Because in editing, it does feel like a bit of a dirty word, but it's something that Denise and I have been talking a lot about recently. Cal's a bit more brazen than me, I have to say. She's, <laughs> but she's definitely beaten me down. This comes back to that point I was making just a minute ago about kind of like, um, you know, I'm, I'm the one who'll like, let's just change the website now. Let's just fix that and get that right done right now. And, yes. and she'll be putting it on a to-do list maybe. <laughs> but when it comes to money, I'll be like, well, I probably need to have a little bit of a think about that, you know, for a couple of months. And Denise will be like, what are we waiting for? <laughs> So um, things like uh, sales funnels, that's what she's been making me think about um, and all that stuff. So what's your approach to monetization? Oh, I like that idea of a sales funnel. How does that work? You just hook it up and the money comes whooshing out? Yeah, that's it, isn't it, Denise? Well, that's it. Okay. At its simplest level, absolutely, yeah. Hook it up oh, right well, we'll and the money about, comes pouring yeah. out. Yeah. Denise, we'll why, do, Denise why don't you explain that uh, what a sales funnel is? Because I, I, I think it might be something that's really useful for listeners who are yeah, less yeah. experienced with marketing. Yeah, and it's something that I think, you know, I've only just really come to appreciate more, you know, the last sort of year or two really about, you know, that if you're selling a, a product or a service, you really should be thinking in terms of a sales funnel if you're producing and creating content, because really it's it's the process um, to, by which you bring like, customers or clients closer to the buying decision um, by various marketing actions. So if you imagine like a funnel, you know, a, seal, a funnel that has a top a middle and a bottom so top of funnel middle of funnel and bottom and what you're doing is it's wide at the top where you're catching lots of people a really wide audience and then you gradually narrow your audience down through the funnel with different types of content so that when it comes to the bottom of the funnel you hopefully have directed the right people who are going to be interested in your product or service um, and who are ready and willing to buy that product or service from you. So if you think about it in terms of content, you're, the, the top of funnel stuff is, is that awareness raising content that we create where people are just finding out about you. They're noticing your name. Um, they're nowhere near ready to buy from you, um, but you're educating them. You're being relevant with your content. You're you're being seen by them, um, and so that's mainly sort of blogs and videos. That sort of helpful, free, useful content that you're creating at the top of the funnel. But as people come to know who you are and what you have to offer, they're actually moving down to the middle of the funnel, and they may be starting to think about buying from you but 
they're still comparing you to your competitors. And that's where you want to create content that starts to introduce your product or service specifically to them as potential solutions. So you're not just talking about writing a blog post about pronouns, for example, you're maybe writing a blog post about, you know, um, narrative arc, and then you're in that you're talking about the webinar that you have for it or a book that you've written for it. And you're starting to introduce that. You're not selling it. You're just mentioning it. You're raising awareness of it at that point. So you're starting to show that you have solutions to their problems or their sort of pain points, if you like to call them that. But then they come down to the bottom of the funnel where they're, they're, they're at maximum interest level and they're really at the point where they're weak. Looking, they're weak. You've worn them down. You've worn them down. But you've hopefully funneled people to the point that at the bottom of the funnel are people who are interested and ready to buy from you. And you want to tip them over into actually making that purchase by showing them how you've actually solved people's problems by using other people's voices through case studies through testimonials and reviews where other people are doing that selling for you because they're saying, I bought this product and look what it did for me. So that's the sort of bottom of the funnel stuff that should, somebody reads that and thinks I've got to have that, that book or that, um, that video because that is going to solve this problem that I have. And what editors are really, really good at is top of funnel stuff. We, we write tons, we create tons of content for top of funnel. And what we don't do is help to move people towards purchasing or using our services by that more targeted middle and bottom funnel because we start to talk about selling a product and people don't like to do that. Editors are not, well, not good at that. I though I I wonder do you think because I I sometimes think out of my out of my colleagues and pals in the in the editing community I feel like oh, I don't know if I'm generalizing a bit here but it's a bit of a British thing we're a bit <laughs> we're a bit we're a bit reserved it's a bit it's a bit yeah, it's all, it's all like, yeah, yes, yes uncouth it is yes. and, and, and and I think that's I, I'm wondering if that's do, Carol do you think that's less of an issue the whole monetizing thing in the states um, well I I think it's definitely you know monetizing is the American way that doesn't mean that um everyone's comfortable with it mm. yeah um and and I think you know it's interesting because um I really am taken with Denise's description of the funnel, and I'd like to hear more about that another time. Mm. Um, when I've heard about the sales funnel before, it was in the context, a somewhat different context of a, someone selling um, fiction novels in, right. in a series so that you mm -hmm. start and it's that you charge you can charge more money the lower you get in the funnel because you same idea um, by that time you're you're collecting the most um, 
eager fans. Fun. You know, already yeah. hooked. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you give away the first novel, an ebook for free. Yep. And the series book number two, you know, you might charge two ninety nine. By the time you get to number eight, you're charging full price. And then yeah. um it's it's the idea of engaging engagement and and um, promotion according to level of engagement. Yeah, yeah. So I think what you're describing yeah. absolutely that is a sales funnel. Yeah, maybe what I'm talking about is more of a sales and marketing funnel. It's more focused on the the marketing, the content marketing, rather than just purely being price led. Yeah. Like, like although like, that free that freebie novel, because I in fact one of our guests. Denise Andy yes. Maslin he, he does this very that, yeah and he does that he create he's got a little um sort of free mini mini uh thriller that he gives away on his website and that's the mm -hmm. content that's the equivalent of one of our blog posts yep. and then you know you can you do exactly what Carol said you know the, the more wrapped up you get in his various series because you well you don't get wrapped up even in Andy mm -hmm. you get wrapped up in his characters Mm -hmm. and their story and and that kind of sucks you in so that you'll pay 11.99 for the you know book six yeah and and yeah so it is it is it is it is in a sense that you know that, that that's marketing content that first bit of it mm. but it's doing the same thing it's it's showing yeah. he's showing you his ability to solve your problem of needing to be entertained by a great story it's so it's yeah it's just a I different think, angle. I think the I think the issue is for editors very often is that they don't see um, bringing in clients, new clients, as a sales process. Yeah, but, yeah. But it absolutely is a sales process in how you um, attract and then land a new client. Um, however you do it, whether it's through content marketing or not, you there is a sales process there. Um, and I think once you, if you're a freelance editor, a proofreader, and you're trying to attract your, your clients by using content, if you think in that process terms, it starts to clarify that, well, what can I do to make people, the right people that I want to work with, more likely to find me and work and want to work with me? You know, if you, you take sales out of it, but it's just drawing drawing the right clients in and, yeah. and call, you yeah. know, calling it a funnel, if you like. Yeah. And then I suppose that um, editors who specialize in one, you know, particular kind of editing will be at an advantage because mm -hmm. they can they can uh, be more specific in their keywords and, in, and their targeting, yeah. and yeah. Um, then someone who just who will say well you know i edit everything and then they it's like you might as well say i don't edit anything um because there's no it won't get anyone's attention exactly it's that generalist if you're speaking to it's it's who is it that says it louise is it uh gary vaynerchuk if you're selling to everyone you're selling to no one you know yeah. It's, it's yes like, yeah that whole that whole you need yeah. to narrow it down yeah that, well that, it's that and that idea that that the message i can do everything is just appealing to nobody it's i mean it's so it's not something most people believe i mean there are some people who can do everything but like usually when people tell me they're good at doing everything i think really yeah <laughs> whereas if somebody <laughs> says to me i'm actually a really really competent and experienced fiction editor particularly historical fiction for example or i'm I, you know, I edit a lot of different subjects, but my p 
particular strengths of business and education. That I, I get. And that's something for me, if I'm a business person or an educationalist, now I'm interested. Mm. Whereas like, um, you know, if you're a, if, if, if you've got a, a niche problem or the thing is, most of our clients aren't writing generalist fiction or nonfiction. You know, there'll usually be a genre or a subject in there. So, yeah. but we're moving away from money. Um, <laughs> back to the money. Back to the money. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Carol, have you got any sort of tips on sort of like how people might think about ways in which bloggers could bring in money? Well, I think, you know, if only if you move away from the idea of uh, of a blog that's specifically by a freelance editor trying to get clients, because that's, yeah. um, I don't actually have experience of that. I've it's never fine. been we've, a we've, we've, freelancer. We've got, we've got, we've got writer listeners as well. And, and yeah. um, so it's, so know. for bloggers more generally, um, there are, there are popular ways of you know, to bring in money, they can, you can actually sell things, you can sell mugs and t-shirts. There's someone we know, uh, someone in our circle sells very clever editing slogans on t-shirts. I can't remember right now who is it, it is. Jonathan Owen. The, oh, um, yes, yes, it is. Aaron, Aaron Pedantry. Yeah, Aaron Pedantry. Yeah. Yes. So he does that. Um, uh, if you're really established, yeah. you can sell advertising space. Although, um, you know, that's no good for someone who's just starting out because mm. they, they won't be very attractive. Um, uh, someone who does this well is um, Jane Friedman in her, she has a free newsletter called Electric Speed. I don't know if you get it, but um, uh, last year sometime she decided to start selling ad space on her, uh, in her emails and she got, she took a little flack for that I did didn't she yeah. I remember mm -hmm. that yes and um I mm -hmm. just think on the whole her fans were very supportive I mean she is a top publishing industry expert sending Absolutely. out a she's so generous yeah. Yeah. yes yeah filled with this great advice so mm -hmm. she, yeah she's had no trouble finding takers for that you know mm -hmm. ad space yeah. so yeah so ad space is is another thing and then um there are these affiliate programs where, you know, like Amazon Associates mm -hmm. or Commission Junction, where a blogger, uh, and I think, you know, any blogger can do this. If you don't get much traffic, you're not going to make much money from it, but mm -hmm. you just, it's free. I think you don't have to pay anything to become an associate. And you, no, you, you don't, you don't, no, no. to a product. And if someone buys it, via the link on your site, then you get a royalty. And you actually, you get a royalty, not just on that particular thing if they buy other things that they when they access amazon through that link you get a royalty on that as well oh cool so, yeah, so you... anything that they buy through yeah. that link yeah so if they go on to buy a book on your from your site for example carol but while they're there they buy you know a, a car camera and a, you, know, <laughs> you do I, you do you, you get I, i'm pretty sure that's the way it used to be i'm sure it's still like that you get yeah. on the whole, the whole i had a, an email from amazon the other day saying they've they've changed their terms of service for the billionth time i said <laughs> that's the, <laughs> the 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 um that's probably what they changed because that's just wonderful <laughs> uh, do you have um do either of you have experience with that so that you know like how much money someone can make being an associate um i'm an associate would you like to know how much money i've made yeah how much? absolutely zero <laughs> <laughs> but then but that's because i've only got a few things on my um blog out of all my blogs there's only a few that have maybe links to a few books and uh -huh. 
I don't promote that and I don't make any effort to do anything about it. So I'm really not surprised that yeah. I just did it because why not? Somebody might click on it one day, but you know, but yeah. What, do, what about you? But, Louise? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, it varies. Like I'm, I'm just going to give you a range. I've, I've earned in, in some, I mean, I have, I don't, I don't promote other people's products. I just selfishly do my own, um, <laughs> all, all my books um, I link through to. And someday, some, some, months I earn like four dollars but some months I earn 70 it all depends on who's buying and that's the affiliate that's not the that's not your book sales is that right is that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's just that's just that's just that that's that Amazon Associates link that's yeah. not my book sales that's yeah. just yeah. that's just free cash that's just yeah mm. so well, there's no harm exactly yeah. so it's 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 absolutely worth trying you know experimenting with because what's the worst thing that can happen is that you've spent 10 minutes setting up a free service it's cost you nothing yeah and you earn nothing exactly that's exactly the best thing that can happen is that you might get a little bit of something somebody might feel sorry for me now and go find one of my blogs and click through it um, (laughs) but um the, the important thing about amazon about any affiliate program is that you have to make it clear that it is an affiliate link um, you have to say that it's an affiliate link and yes. you will earn a few pennies from it. That's yes. And I noticed that some uh, newsletters or bloggers now also do the opposite. They say nothing I mention on, I don't make any money from Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. Yes. And mm. that, that can be a nice selling point as well. You know, if you feel that your audience would appreciate that, you know, that you're, yeah. you're yeah. not, you're not making money out of that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's one more way I can think of that um, it's a uh, popular to make money online and that's to just charge money for people to access your site by requiring that someone subscribe to it or you know have a little membership thing or a patron thing or Mm -hmm. uh, a kickstarter thing or whatever or even just a a a buy me a cup of coffee widget um just plain out old hand out for spare change buddy yeah. And um, people do make money. I give people money sometimes if I read something I really love or if I borrow an image that's royalty free and it says, you know, yes, give yep. the creator yeah. a cup of coffee. I'll, yeah. I'll write. Yeah. yeah. I've bought coffees from through that sort of, is it called coffee? That like KO.fi? Is it? Do you pronounce no, it? I don't coffee? remember. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, it's only a few dollars or whatever. And you think, yeah, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the trick in making money from a website or blog is to know your readers and only try to sell them stuff that they're interested in. Otherwise, mm-hmm. then that's when it'll, it becomes a, a kind of intrusion and um, yeah. a hard mm-hmm. sell. And that's also where your analytics might come in helpful because you can, you know, if you ha- have the right kinds of settings and subscriptions, you can find out about your readers other interests you know you can find out google knows everything about everyone you can (laughs) see what they're interested in and um and you know i notice on on jane friedman's newsletter that her the ads are for books and services and webinars that readers of a publishing newsletter might actually want yes yes Yes. it's not just it's not not just drivel it's 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 relevant content it's raw relevant content isn't it it's just it's paid for and you know what i think in a case like with Jane Friedman's that it doesn't hurt to remind I mean you're never going to please all of the people all of the time but it doesn't hurt to remind people that there's only so much you can get for free sometimes there comes Mm -hmm. a point where if you want to dig deeper you have to put your hand in your pocket and and it 
although the, the whole methodology behind content marketing is something I'm passionate about and I really believe in, I, I do think that when, when we go down that route, we almost sort of like set up potentially a kind of um, an expectation that oh, our time isn't what, you know, that, that we're, we're just there uh, you know, 24 hours a day to give away content. And it's important to remember that there's, when, when any of us as editors, we're in business and, and we are, and when we're providing something that there is a cost to it in terms of time. And so if every now and then Jane Friedman wants to charge a little, a little bit for something or, or make a little, do, do something to make her business more viable, it's good that her readers are reminded of that. Well, and that's uh, Jane Friedman does. She makes money through her uh, hot sheet, which is a paid subscription. And that's, you know, a really, that really does get into the weeds in the publishing industry news and is well worth mm. the subscription, but um, she's got it covered. You know? mm, yeah. Now, I suppose the other side of blogging is the, the reader engagement aspect because the more popular a blog gets, the more questions you get asked. Mm -hmm. And that takes time. That's another aspect of time that is, you know, that people don't always think about. And sometimes it, it almost like it turns into a situation where people think that you're available 24 seven for free consultancy. Mm -hmm. um, have you got experience of this yourself, Carol? Well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I. I do tend to get the same questions over and over. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty efficient at responding. Um, and, you know, I do the Louise thing where I sometimes I get a blog post out of it and then yeah. I can just send them the link. But it gives <laughs> me a good feeling to do that. I think people are always very grateful. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm also pretty good at saying no and guarding my time if mm. it begins to feel like someone wants more than I can give. So. Yeah. It, it helps if you're prepared to tell someone where they can get help. And mm -hmm. yeah. um, I frequently give out links to like uh, the Editorial Freelancers Association if they're looking for a copy editor or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much mirrors our sort of experience with mm. it, doesn't it, Louise? Yeah. Definitely. And I think mm. that that whole message, just to, to sum that up, you know, if listeners remember, if you're going down that route and you find yourself in that position, then manage guard your time like carol said and remember your time has a value to it and don't be afraid to gently and kindly say actually you know if you wanted to talk in depth about this that's quite a big topic you'd need to book a consultancy with me or here's a free blog post on it um you know go go and read that and um you know it's okay to say no or 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 just redirect someone elsewhere because your your time is valuable that's not mm. being you know mean or 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 impolite or uh, um it's just, just it is. It's man. It's time management. I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. that's. I. I didn't even think of that because I've never freelanced. But of course, it's an mm -hmm. ideal opportunity to try to convert a query into a sale. If you can mm -hmm. say, um, it sounds to me like you need um, more professional. Uh, work than I can give in a in an email if you're interested in my services here's where you know you can see my rates or whatever um mm. yeah yeah yes if it's if it's someone I don't my my queries aren't usually from authors though I do get the odd author um uh who's looking for advice um and it's usually on the back of though a, a query about how much I might charge so I am happy to talk with them a little bit 
I think I was thinking more in terms of if other editors are asking for business advice and and um, uh, right and in that case again it depends it depends if I've got if I've got a resource I can send them to I will but uh, but um, so yeah so Carol finally can we talk a little bit about your plans for the future in regard to blogging you've had different blogs with different audiences how did you decide on who you wanted to write for and how do you decide when to stop Mm. Well, <laughs> yes, I've, uh, you know, I've done three blogs and I've had three audiences, first copy editors and then students and scholars and now creative writers and editors of creative writing. And I guess each time I moved on when I felt I didn't have anything more to say, I don't I really don't like writing the same things over and over again. And that's a valid option. Some bloggers do, mm. but that's not my thing. And um, in fact, I do constantly worry every month. I think uh. I, I don't have another idea, but you know, then I just go on Facebook and find something <laughs> irritating <laughs> and it's always there for me. Yeah. So I will quit though, when I have nothing more to say or when they throw me out, you know, and um, you know, I'm kind of at the mercy of, of um, the Chicago manual. Now they might move in a different direction at some point. So we'll see. And on that bombshell, listeners, um, mm. it turns out that Carol Sala is really, really grumpy and irritable. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Carol, that's not true. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy to hear about your blogging journey and just to talk to you. This is the second time we've met, but um, I didn't have the privilege of, a, of, of over an hour with you. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It, and it's it's been just such a joy having this conversation and I really hope that our listeners enjoy it as much as we have enjoyed talking to you. I'm sure they will. Thank you. So that's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever platform you prefer. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. She's been Louise. And she's been Denise. And she's been Carol. Join us again soon. Bye. Bye. Are you waving goodbye? Me I am! I just yes. did it! That time you said you both wave at the end. I'm waving too. Oh, We're all waving. We're yes. all waving. <laughs> oh. Brilliant. Bye-bye.